0: And welcome to So You Think You Can Rule Persia? The podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia, from Diochis to Yazdegerd III. I'm Serio, and my pronouns are they, them.
1: And I'm Umberto, and my pronouns are he, him. Okay, so welcome to episode 8, Darius the I, also known as Darius the Great. So last time we went through a murder mystery trying to figure out who Bardia was, who he wasn't, and indeed. How exactly he died of the many, many ways that happened.
0: Yeah, you know, when you're multiple people, you tend to die multiple ways.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that happens. So it wasn't really a very political episode. The Empire mostly stayed still. It was only seven months of time. But we'll find out that under Darius everything is going to be kicked up a notch. And we're going to...
0: Okay, I was wondering if you were going to say everything is going to (laughs) (laughs)
1: No, not yet. Everything is going to
0: explode.
1: Not at the moment. Fun. So we're going to see a bit of how Darius's reign worked and uh, what are the consequences for stabbing a king through the chest with a spear.
0: Uh, You know, suddenly you find yourself there with the consequences of your actions and then you start to consider your life choices.
1: (laughs) oh no consequences. I can foresee no repercussions <laughs> to this. Absolutely none. Right, so let's get to knowing who Darius is, because he's been a cameo in a few previous elements, but never like the protagonist yet.
0: I have heard, you know, because I know nothing about this subject, but people have started to give me snippets just because they interact with us on social media and I've heard that Darius tends to be a
1: fan favorite so I am very very excited about today's episode. And with good reason there is a lot to unpack with Darius and we'll we'll see all about okay. it.
2: Let's I mean, get the beginning
1: it. is already good you know that let's see how it goes then. So Darius was born roughly in 550 BC from a man called Hystaspes who was a member of the Achaemenid family. Although, according to Darius at least, a very distant cousin of the branch that Cyrus was part of. Mm. We don't know much about Darius's youth, because, well, he wasn't important enough to be noticed at the time. But we have an idea that he was a spear-bearer to Cambyses during the Egyptian oh. campaign. So basically some sort of bodyguard official role, which is where my crack theory comes in.
0: Yes. I remember.
1: was stabbed, so there. But there is no proof of that. Who
0: did it? Hmm, planning ahead.
1: (laughs) Could be, maybe. You're going to stab one king, might as well stab two. (laughs) But to start us off, I'm going to give you a quote from Darius himself. Because in this episode, I'm going to quote a lot from the Behistun inscription that Darius himself made. So it's basically a massive rock inscription with portraits of him and all his enemies... And over the head of each of the enemies, they're basically saying, Hello, I am this person. I lied by saying I was king of this place. And Darius punished me.
0: Is the defamatory rock.
1: Yes, exactly. I've heard of this somehow. Yeah, and it's one of the few documents we actually get from the point of view of Iranians in this time period. Because everything else (laughs) we've had so far has been Greeks telling us stuff. Or Babylonians telling us stuff. This is the first time that we actually get, I mean, besides the Cyrus Cylinder,
2: mm-hmm. the first
1: time that we actually get Darius's version of the story and what he wants us to know about.
0: Interesting. I'm sure it will be absolutely objective, since he doesn't have ulterior motives to make himself look good and legitimate.
1: Yeah, of course. He's a nice guy. He's alright. Okay, tell me, please. So, let's start from it. On the base to an inscription we have, Says Darius the King... The kingdom which was taken away from our family, this I put in its place. I established it on its foundations, as it was formerly, so I made it. The sanctuaries which Gaumata the Magian destroyed, I restored them. For the people, the revenue and the personal property, and the estates and the royal residences which Gaumata the Magian stole from them, I restored. So, if you remember, Gaumata well, the Magian yes. is the supposed imposter Bardia. Uh, for Bardia. Mm-hmm. And as we can see, Darius is the good guy here because he is putting everything back in order and ensuring that after this terrible, terrible usurper arrived, now everything is beautiful and fine.
0: Very reminiscent of the Cyrus Cylinder and how he was like, all of your idols shall be able to go to their origin places. All of the people banished to Babylon shall be able to return to
1: their... Yeah, I mean, it's trying to be within that... Groove. so he's trying to show himself as a good legitimate ruler.
0: It reminds me of it. like I don't want to actually compare it, but it made me think of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a royal proclamation after all. it it does have a certain tone that it needs to follow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So as we saw last time, Darius joined with six other nobles called Gabrias, Intifernes, Megabysis, Hydarnes, and Otanes. Megabytes. Yes, sorry. he is my favorite. So the oh, ones you great. should remember a bit more for the future are Megabysus mm-hmm. and Gabrias.
0: They're going to be Megabyte and Gabriel.
1: <laughs> okay, Megabyte and Gabriel. Good to know.
0: <laughs> we'll
1: get to follow I'm them I'm so around.
0: sorry. I don't mean this in the sense of I don't actually want to remember their actual names, but my brain made that connection so fast that there's no <laughs> way I'm going to not mess up their names at some point. So these are the clique of this, the group of friends, the the gang.
1: Yes, these six guys together with Darius are the conspirators that went together to murder Bardia. And if you remember, Otanis is the guy that started this plot, the one who figured out that, oh, it wasn't actually Bardia, through his daughter and the ear cutting and the whole thing. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. I remember that, yeah.
1: At least for one of the iterations of Bardia. Yes, one of the iterations. As with everything in Bardia, no idea. But, so, now that Bardia has been stabbed and his blood is congealing on the floor, Mm -hmm. everybody needs to decide, okay, so who's gonna be king now? (laughs) There's seven of us, what are we gonna do?
0: I love these moments, um, these kinds of usurpations and ascension to power, because it's so panic of the moment, we didn't think we would get this far, and now we're here. What do we do? I remember a similar one listening to Totalus Rankum, when people assassinate Caligula. And then the Praetorian Guard is just standing there thinking, whoops, what now? (laughs) So...
1: Yeah, this happens often when you kill a king. Generally, people haven't thought it out too far, and everything is chaos.
0: But you would think, you know, when you're planning on murdering someone who's also someone important, you would think that you would put some more thought into it. But the difficult thing is done now, and... Okay,
1: what next? We need to figure out. So, for the decision of what happens next, we rely mostly on Herodotus, so... You know, not a pinch of salt, like a big bag of salt for what's going to happen here. There, I thought you would say we rely mostly on rock, paper, scissors. (laughs) (laughs) It's close, honestly. We'll see how they decide the case, but it's not far from rock, paper, scissors. All right, so according to Herodotus, the conspirators wait five days to sort of clear their heads and uh, think for themselves how should the government be run in the future. And then after these five days have passed, they all gather in the palace to try and decide, okay, how are we going to govern the empire now? What's going to happen? So Atanis, who was the one that started the plot, apparently suggests a democracy. Because, well, they all saw what Cambyses had done, and a single ruler can't be held accountable and will become evil and corrupt. So a democracy is great because, well, everyone's equal and all political offices are assigned by lottery with some accountable representatives, so no one man can get too much power and go off the deep end. This is almost certainly not true. It's just Herodotus saying, ah, look, they consider democracy. Aren't we Greeks cool?
0: <laughs>
1: democracy, you know, in quotation marks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, very... Athenian-style democracy, which is <laughs> eh, not ideal, but better than nothing. I like this story. Okay, next next option. Yes, Otanis says this, but Megabizus then speaks up and decides, you know what, no, I don't think democracy is the right choice for our empire. I think it's better, actually, that we, Seven, rule together as an oligarchy. Because he says, nothing is more foolish and violent than a useless mob. So he doesn't trust the people to actually be able to govern themselves. He thinks they'll Make just be... Make a right decision. Yeah, he thinks so, they'll just be driven by their passions. They're not going to be competent. It's just going to be a whole mess. But if it's instead them seven, well, he says, if you choose the best men of the state, then the government is going to run properly. Since we are Very the humble. best men of the state, then we're going to know how to run it. Love it. But then Darius stands up and says... Well, I agree with Megabizus about the dangers of democracy and the fact that people are easily corruptible and the mob is dangerous. But an oligarchy never really lasts, because if we have an oligarchy, we're all going to try and one up each other and try to gain more power. So there's going to be a lot of infighting, and it's going to be a mess for everyone. Trust your friends, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's realistic though. Fair enough. The triumvirate. I know all you collapsed. punks.
0: I know you're going to make a mess <laughs> the moment I turn my back.
1: So Darius says, you know what? The best idea is a monarchy. I mean, a monarchy isn't inherently bad. We all saw Cyrus. Sure, Cambyses was bad, but it depends on the man that's ruling.
0: Yeah, it depends on the one man that's ruling.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the idea is that we should have a monarchy, and also it's traditional for our empire. Let's not try and totally upend everything we've already usurped a king. Let's not restructure our entire society. That would be a mess. If it ain't broke... So Darius says this and everybody agrees. Yes, yes, we'll have a king. There we go. How do we vote? How do we decide who is going to be king among us seven? Ah, Fun. Well, they decide, you know what? The fairest way for this to be decided is to let the gods choose. So none of us is going to be given that authority. The gods are going to allow us to do whatever.
0: That's really good. Uh, If the gods meddled with, you know, mortal
1: business. Well, how do we interpret the gods? Well, Darius suggests, you know what? Let's all gather at dawn in this square of of the city. And the person whose horse is going to neigh first will be king. (laughs) You can just train your horse. That's (laughs) You say that. (laughs) Yeah. And as everybody goes away back to their homes, Darius consults with his horse trainer and says obviously that's ridiculous (laughs) and he says hey i need this horse to neigh tomorrow at dawn can you deal with it and the trainer says of course sure i'll find a way to make this horse neigh just tell me which the square is going to be and i'll make sure it'll happen okay and arise points his groom to the specific area and well the horse trainer gets to work this horse trainer notices that Darius's horse is a great stallion horse. who is infatuated with a mare who is also there in the stables. Oh, well, lucky them. So what does this groom do? He decides that he will bring this horse and the mare to the square where the nobles are going to be meeting. And there he allows the stallion to mate with the mare. Hmm.
0: In front of everybody in the square. I mean, it's at night.
1: It'll probably be fine. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, it's at dawn. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be.
0: Well, you know,
1: people wake up early. Could be. I don't know. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Talk against the person who stabbed the king? <laughs> it's probably not the best time to be questioning their motives. But anyway, the, the groom takes these horses back and then tells Darius, Darius, everything is sorted. Just go there when you need to, and they'll be fine. (laughs) So the next morning, all the nobles gather in the square, and Darius is the last one to arrive. And as he arrives on his stallion, the sun begins to rise, and the stallion remembers that, oh, this was the place where he had sex last night. And he whinnies in happiness. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, because that's how... Everything works, yeah, that's apparently. that's how everything works normally. And so the nobles say, oh, Darius, you clearly have been chosen by the gods to be our new king. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All hail King Darius I. We will be your they loyal all subjects. They were
0: okay with it?
1: Yeah. I mean, they decided the, the day before. All the nobles were... I... <laughs> Again, this is Herodotus.
0: <laughs> I see. I see what you meant.
1: See, there we go.
0: No conflict whatsoever. Everyone was happy with the decision, and it was just the right decision to make. Yeah. Trust me, bro.
1: But, as you're insinuating, the other nobles aren't exactly going away empty-handed, because they'd make a deal together with Darius. So first of all, they decide that since Otanis was the one who began the plot, he and his descendants should receive a yearly gift from the treasury for their service to the nobility. <laughs>
0: Please don't stab me as well, thank you.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's always good to invest in people who won't stab you to death if Mm -hmm. you're in power. While, however, every one of the seven was going to be given the privilege of entering the palace unannounced and talking with Darius whenever they want, even with future kings. Except for one case, uh, unless the king is sleeping with a woman. In which case, they should probably, you know, leave some privacy and come back later, please. Oh,
0: but... uh, but... (laughs) Okay,
1: that is an explicit and if clause. The king we'll see.
0: Is sleeping not with a woman? Do they get to
1: like intervene? Not specified. Apparently they do. Cool. Maybe we don't know. Loophole. Yeah, that's a loophole. If you ever become a Persian noble in 500 BC, you know what to do. Ah, uh, great. And uh, of course, as new king, Darius decides that he wants to tie himself better with all these important noble families. And so he marries Cyrus's daughter, Atossa, who is still around, who has been married to two kings already.
0: The girl, yes. Oh my God. She does really keep coming back.
1: Yeah, she's going to be
0: next episode as well.
1: So Darius marries Atossa. Then another daughter of Cyrus, which was previously unmentioned, called Aristone. So it's unclear if she was too young all this time to be... In the story, or if she's just being made up by Herodotus. We'll see. Then he marries the daughter of Bardia, called Parmis. Okay. And finally, the daughter of Atani is the one who discovered Bardia through the ear-cutting trick.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: Because the good thing about polygamy is that if you need a lot of alliances, you can make a lot of alliances, and you don't have to yeah. just pick one.
0: I guess, yeah.
1: Well, that makes sense. You don't have to choose to marry one person. It's fine. Marry everybody. Yeah, it works. Yeah, so the interesting thing here is that he is marrying Cyrus's daughter, Atossa, which is going mm-hmm. to give him a lot of legitimacy. Because, well, he's an illegitimate yeah, ruler. Obviously. And now the idea is that any child of Atossa's is going to be also descended from Cyrus. So that's going to so help with Darius's yeah. future.
0: So he already established that, hey, I am like a third cousin from this branch of the family, but now I am... Literally part of the family,
1: so. And it's interesting you mentioned the third cousin thing, because (laughs) I've been saying that this has been the Achaemenid Empire for like three episodes now. Yes,
0: I was a bit confused. (laughs) But I am confused with most things, so.
1: (laughs) Well, the thing is that we're not sure if Cyrus and Cambyses and Bardia were actually Achaemenids. Wait, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because if you remember, in the Cyrus Cylinder... Cyrus says that he is the son of Cambyses, son of Cyrus, son of Cambyses, son of Tisbes. Yes. And then he stops there. Ah, yes. He never says that he is an Achaemenid. Hmm. But up comes Darius and he says, oh yes, I'm an Achaemenid. You know Tyspees, the furthest yeah. ancestor of Cyrus? Yeah, my furthest ancestor was his brother. And they were both oh. sons of Achaemenes.
0: I see. But then why does Cyrus not mention that he's an Achaemenid?
1: Well, the thought there is that Darius is just pulling this out of his butt. He's just saying, (laughs) oh yeah, yeah, Cyrus was totally an Achaemenid as well. It's totally fine.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So he's like making up a common
1: ancestor. Yeah, and the fact is that there's also an inscription. If you remember the one under the portrait of Cyrus that we showed... Mm-hmm. during the episode the one under that says i am cyrus king of kings an achaemenid ah uh, i see and it was made during the time of darius to Good. ensure yes. that everybody expects that cyrus is a real achaemenid i love it that not everybody could read obviously but even if you
0: could then you were just getting these blunt statements of i am this person and i am this yes, trust me exactly. because i am obviously this but look it's a carving of this person so
1: how could you say no Yeah, monuments don't have much time to go into minutiae and detail and nuance.
0: You shouldn't believe everything you read on the stones.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good principle overall. (laughs) And yeah, so the idea is that we're not sure if the Achaemenid Empire starts now with Darius or if it started with Cyrus. We're not sure if Cyrus never mentioned Achaemenes just because Achaemenes wasn't very important at the time and Tyspies was the Mm -hmm. first big king of Persia, or if Darius just made up this ancestry to fit himself closer to Cyrus. But yeah, so this is the coronation done with. Darius is now king of kings, and he has inherited this very large empire. Problem is, it's on fire. Oh, so it is falling apart. Okay. Yes, because everybody has seen that Bardia was murdered, and either yeah. because they believe Bardia was a legitimate king, or because they smell blood in the water and they see that
2: mm-hmm.
1: a regime change is always a vulnerable time, and this is the time to rebel. Mm-hmm. Everything starts to go to hell. So does Egypt rebel again? Egypt, not very much, actually. Egypt oh. is the last I one. thought I thought it would be them because, you know, they're far away. Yeah, so Basically everything else, but not Egypt, weirdly. Because... Darius tells us in this Behistun inscription that right after gaining the throne, a man named Atrina made himself king of Susiana. And at the exact same time, a man called Nidintu Bel, claiming to be the son of the last king of Babylon, made himself king in Babylon and rebelled by taking all that chunk of Mesopotamia with him. Mm -hmm. So Darius tells us rather quickly that he sends first one army to Susiana, which is to the west of Persia. Susan. Exactly. <laughs> and he sends an army there, and his army manages to quickly defeat the local king, and the king oh. is brought in chains to Darius, and Darius had him executed.
0: Because no mercy, unlike other kings.
1: No, not towards rebels. There is no dealing with them. But Darius himself is aiming for the bigger prize. He is aiming for Babylon, because one, Babylon is in the center of his empire and will snap it in two if he loses it yeah and two babylon is extremely rich and important so if he loses that there go a lot of his funds to keep the empire together
0: it basically was the most stable and established empire before the persian empire was even a thing or the median empire was even a thing they were already like oh the babylonian empire so it makes sense that they would have a lot of riches
1: and a lot of things to. yeah so it's important that he holds on to this area So Darius himself leads the army going there. Heading towards Babylon, he defeats this Babylonian king in two separate battles, which incidentally both involve him crossing a river with horses and camels.
0: Might be the same battle, might be two. Could be.
1: I mean, he insisted on explaining both times that he had horses and camels, so I'm going to tell you as well. Good for you. Good (laughs) for you, buddy. (laughs) At which point, Darius manages to lay siege to the city of Babylon. And tries to conquer it. This time there is no Again. happy crowds letting him enter. Like with Cyrus. Uh, yes. No, this time the siege has to happen.
0: Yeah, and he actually has to siege Babylon. Which has famously impressive walls. And is prepared for a 300 year siege.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be difficult. So good luck. <laughs> so, Darius uh, lays siege to Babylon. And stays there for a while. He stays there for a few months. And some more months, and some more months, uh-huh. then 20 months pass Oof. with him besieging Babylon and the city is not falling. It's holding strong. It's always there. That's what I thought would happen. And there is even a prophecy that Babylon will only fall when a mule is going to have children. <laughs> okay, well. So, well. Better give up now. Yes, they're told. Better give up. Surrender, it's not going to happen. However, here we introduce a new character, who is Zapyrus, the son of (gasps) Megabizes.
0: Papyrus, the son of (laughs) Megabites?
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm sorry, I apologize. (laughs) So Zapyrus, who was noble youth, was there in the camp around Babylon and was trying to find a way to get into the city, but... To no avail. There was no way through the wall. There was no weakness, nothing that he could exploit to get through. Mm. However, one day he saw a weird thing. He saw that one of the pack mules in the army had seemingly given birth to live young.
0: Which, to clarify, it can happen. It's just genetically improbable because, because of the chromosomes making up a mule being from two different st- species with different numbers of chromosomes usually there's something there that just doesn't quite split in two the way it should and so you you can't mix it with another set of chromosomes and give birth to a viable animal but if this mule happens to have on top of their normal genetic makeup a different mutation that changes the number of chromosomes it has then it could be possible that it could give birth like, it's been seen and heard of that mules give birth. It's just yeah. not, it's not common because it's,
1: yes. So Zapyrus sees this wondrous sight and says, ah, well, the prophecy is going to be true. We're going to take Babylon soon. So he takes the only logical course of action and decided to cut off his own nose and ears, shave his head, and whip himself till he was bloody.
0: I, what, I, I uh, what? What?
1: That's exactly what Excuse Darius saw. <laughs>
0: Excuse me.
1: Yes, Zapyrus presented this? himself in this terrible state to Darius, who probably spent the next half hour screaming, "Why? Why?"
0: Just curled up on the floor. You know what the? Ha- 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 the intense body modification. Yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere. What is this explanation? Please tell me there's an so explanation. So Darius
1: asks him, who did this to you? What happened? Zapyrus. Uh. What the hell? And Zapyrus says, no, no, no. I did it myself. It's okay. I meant oh, to do so this. He
0: t- I thought he was going to be like, oh, the Babylonians. But he's just like, oh, no, I just
1: felt like it, man. Uh, <laughs> and he says, no, no, no. no. <laughs> he says, don't worry, Darius. This is all part of my brilliant plan. Darius says, okay. I hope it's a good plan because... For he's your lost sake it. mostly. He's lost. <laughs> yeah. And Zapyrus explains this plan to Darius. He says he's going to go to Babylon as a double agent. And uh, Darius should send out on some specific days some of his least important soldiers around the city of Babylon and uh, certain patrol routes. And then on the 20th day, Darius should assault the city. Oh. So Darius is probably very concerned for Sapirus's mental health. But he says, Okay, sure, I mean I guess you've already chopped off your ears and nose. Let's give it a shot. It's not like we can tell you not to do it. Yeah, it's too late now. Might as well try. We can't go back. (laughs) Whoopsie. So Sapirus goes into the city of Babylon, crying and screaming, and he says, Oh, Help me, Babylonians, help me. The evil King Darius has punished me so terribly. Look in what a state I am. I've decided to betray him and come to your side, so I'll help you win this war and win your independence.
0: And so he gets in the city how? Opening the gate? Well, he goes
1: to the front gate saying, Oh, I I I see. Look at this terrible thing that happened to me. I'm willing to defect. And the Babylonians say, Oh my God, you look terrible. Nobody would do this to themselves. Please come in. We'll help you. So Zephyrus enters the city, and he explains the situation. He says, oh, you know, Darius has been terrible. He punished me for some random thing I didn't even do wrong. So I'm willing to help you out with the war. I know some of the secret plans that Darius has. If you give me a few men to command, I'll be able to attack some of his patrols when they're hiding, and I'll be able to defeat him this way. For revenge! Exactly. So the Babylonians think, okay, fair enough. It's good to have an insider. Let's give Zephyrus a small group of men. Let's give him about... Five hundred men to command and ensure <laughs> You that know, work a out. small group, yeah. five hundred. So, uh, on the days he had agreed with Darius, Zephyrus sends out his men to the place he knew the, a patrol would be, and mm. each time he manages to defeat this Persian patrol, and the Babylonians promote him each time, saying, Oh, good job! My yeah. goodness, Zephyrus, you're so talented. Yeah. And each time he gets more and more control of the army. I see. Until cool. at the end on the 20th day, Zephyrus manages to gain control over all the walls, and he is now the greatest commander that is present in Babylon.
0: That is not wise for the Babylonians. Yeah,
1: because they believed. Why would you
0: make the one outsider to, like, as much as he's helping you, why would you put him in charge of the walls, you
1: know? Yeah, but, you know, he seems to be angry against Darius, and he is horribly mutilated, so probably there's a reason.
0: When you mentioned that Darius should send some of his unimportant men to patrol, <laughs> I so knew they were red
1: shirts. Yeah, they were, They were dead. They were just sent there to be destroyed. Not a chance. So on the appointed day, Darius sends his men to assault the walls. And who is commanding them? Zephyrus. Oh, a surprise. We find that the walls are surprisingly free of defenders and the gates are open.
0: And none of the soldiers... Like, I understand that you have a, a person above you who's giving you orders, but all of the soldiers were Babylonians, right? So wouldn't I guess, some but, of them you know, be like, hey, should we leave the
1: walls? They're in the do army. You, Guys, they're not meant to question okay? orders. They're meant to follow them. <laughs> I see. So Darius manages to enter Babylon and conquers the city, occupies the key places, executes the king. And then he decides... Just to make sure his message is clear, he impales about 3,000 Babylonians and raises its <gasps> walls to the ground to ensure that Whoa. they don't get any fancy ideas again.
0: But, but now Babylon is your own city, so why would you want it to not be protected? I guess because it's in the middle of your empire? and so It's in the middle, and
1: again, if it rebels again, it. you don't want to spend 20 months trying to find a way in again. Yeah. So he tries well. to make sure that it will never rebel again. And then he handed the city to Zapyrus as a gift in exchange for, you know, the horrible mutilation. Mm. Although personally, I would never trust Zapyrus again. Because if he's willing to do that for a stratagem, I'm not going to trust him ever. (laughs) No matter what he tells me.
0: He's obviously not in a sane state of mind. This poor man. He needs some intense therapy and some vacations.
1: Yes, this is terrible. The poor
0: man. What 20 months of siege does to your brain? That you're like, okay, I need this to end, so I'm cutting off my ears and nose. <laughs> but it worked. Hooray. Jeez. These people. It'll make anybody
1: lose their mind, I guess. So, But when Darius was spending 20 months outside the walls of Babylon, the rest of the empire wasn't idle. Hmm. And Darius himself tells us in the Behistun inscription that he lost Persia, Susiana, Media, Assyria, Egypt, Parthia, Margiana, Satagydia, Scythia.
0: What? <laughs> so
1: all of the empire is gone. Why do you care about Babylon so much? It was one city. <laughs> so all of this is gone and away and it's terrible. So Darius De decides, "Oh no, I need to do something to hold this empire together." Doesn't count if I'm king of nothing.
0: Oh, whoops. I
1: forgot that the rest of the world existed
0: (laughs) for a moment.
1: So he heads back to Susiana, which was the first place that rebelled again. Yes, Susan. So he sends his army to Susiana, and fortunately, the local people see Darius's army coming. They realize it was a bad idea. They kill their own (laughs) king (laughs) and hand him over to Darius. (laughs) And they say, please don't hurt us. We saw that you impaled 3,000 people. Let's not do this here.
0: J.K., J.K., J.K. It was just a... <laughs> it was just a prank, you know, bro. Just a prank. Yeah.
1: So, phase one completed. Recovered Susan. Yes. Next we have in Media, a man called Fraortes, who claims to be a descendant of Syaxares, which is probably That's where the he... name confusion came from. Yes. He made himself king of Media, Armenia, Parthian, and Hyacania, and probably was deciding... This is our chance. Let's remake the Median Empire. Time to take it back from Persia. Woohoo! The old glory days. So, Darius tells us that he was only left with a small army made of loyal Persians and Medians. So, he sent one of the conspirators, Hydarnes, against Phraortes in Media. And he defeated Phraortes in one quick battle and stayed in Media mm. to wait for Darius. In the meantime, Darius sent an Armenian noble to try and take over Armenia, Hmm. where he won three battles against the Armenian rebels and waited for Darius there. I see. But there again, this Armenian noble was defeated, so Darius had to send a new noble to try and fight Armenia, and he had to win two more battles before being in position to wait for Darius again. So this is five battles in Armenia so far. It's a lot of work. But with his man in position in Armenia and the other one in position in Media, Darius himself manages to march against the Medians to fight Phraortes. And he defeats Phraortes in battle personally, and this king is then handed over to Darius as a prisoner. Mm. At which point, Darius is not in a merciful mood. He had to fight at least six battles against this guy to get an important <laughs> part of his empire back. He just didn't want to let go. Yes, it's the sort of, why won't you die? Sort of <laughs> thing. And this time, Feroides does die, because Darius cuts off his nose, eyes, ears, and tongue. Oh, come on. I, I,
0: the, the, like, I get it. You're frustrated. It's been really hard. But really? Do you have to maim
1: people this way? Then he publicly displays this poor maimed man at court and then crucifies him in Akbatana, so all the Medians know what happens to their king.
0: I have no words.
1: Yes, Darius is not the nice lovey-dovey Cyrus. Darius will end you.
0: Taking a page from the Book of Assyria.
1: Yes, he decides, you know, when they're rebelling, it's an emergency situation, I need to control all the damage.
0: I'm sure they won't rebel again.
1: You say,
2: <laughs>
1: a new man of the family of Saixaris made himself king. Look at me. I seem to know where things are going, yes. huh? So Darius sends a new army who defeated this guy and brought him to Darius. And again, he repeated the process of priorities. So mm. nose, ears, eyes, court display, and crucifixion. Lovely. Then in the east, a new man makes himself king. Darius sends a new Persian noble to try and kill him. He's killed. Good. The east is sort of secured.
2: Hmm.
1: And then we come to the déjà vu portion of the rebellions. Huh? Because a man appears in Persia, saying, "Oh, I'm Bardias. I actually wasn't dead all along. <gasps> what? Uh, I'm here to take uh, back my throne. Help me."
0: Oh, I love this <laughs> because it's ridiculous. But imagine it
1: were true. And Bardia is just like Finding just kidding. Just die another time. So Darius says, nope, I already killed this guy once. I'm going to kill him as many times as I have to. So he sends his army to Persia and wins two battles against the usurper until he is finally captured and crucified by Darius, who apparently Hmm. enjoys crucifixion. Yeah, it didn't last much. And then we get to the second part of Deja Vu, where Babylon rebels under a person claiming to be the son of the Babylonian king Cyrus had defeated. Mm -hmm. Darius then sent a new Persian noble into Furnies, one of the conspirators, try and put down the revolt, and he does it in one single battle, and there's no siege this time because there's no walls. So it's Ah. done. It's over.
0: Who thought uh, rebelling against was a good idea? Exactly, when you have no walls to defend yourself.
1: Yeah, I guess they thought something would work out, but no. This is not the game that is being played.
0: So Bardia is back, Babylon rebelling is back.
1: Bardia what is else? killed again, Babylon <laughs> yeah. is destroyed again. Babylon isn't destroyed, but the rebels are yeah. all killed brutally. I see. And then finally, in autumn of 517, Darius defeats the rebellious Egyptians, but doesn't seem to be very brutal. Maybe the Egyptians <laughs> weren't really that into the rebellion. Because Darius Mm. shows respect for their religion and orders that their laws be codified. Look at that. So at the end of all of this mess of rebellions, Darius ends his list of battles and deaths and enemy kings in this way. Says Darius the king, this is what I did. By the grace of Ahura Mazda, it was done in every way. After that, I became king. I engaged 19 battles. By the grace of Ahura Mazda, I waged them and I seized nine kings.
0: Okay,
1: yep. Which if it were me, I would read it less in a glorious way and more in an exasperated way, saying, I engaged in 19 battles and (laughs) I had to capture nine kings. Most rulers don't have to do this! I haven't slept in five years! Please! (laughs) I need to rest! I live thanks to coffee and cigarettes! Someone please! You kill one legitimate heir to the throne, and you have to deal with all these consequences.
0: (sighs) Well, I mean, who would have thought?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, mysteries.
0: You wanted your horse to neigh, so... Yeah, happened.
1: So finally, Darius is in control of the Empire. And the good thing, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the good thing about conquering the empire from a million rebellions is that he doesn't have to care anymore about the local traditions. He can reform the empire in his own image. Yeah.
0: I mean, now it's not a, I am going to be the kind ruler because that ship sailed <laughs> long ago. Yeah.
1: So I guess it doesn't matter now. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And the thing is that, Sure, it's all very well to do like Cyrus and just add on kingdoms, but that's sort of messy and the administration is going to be difficult to mesh across the borders. The rise now has a brilliant opportunity to reforge the empire and invent pretty much all imperialism yeah. west of China.
0: At the expense of all the cultures and all the people living in those places, I guess.
1: Sort of. He isn't as brutal as you would expect in administering, but we'll get to it. Are you sure? We'll find <laughs> because, out. you know... First he has to kill another person, then we'll get to that. So much death. So much death. Yes, he is.
0: Everything's covered with blood.
1: (laughs) Oh no. But among the conspirators, not all is well. Hmm. Because one day, in one of the conspirators, entered the palace and demanded to speak with Darius. He wanted to speak with the king. However, the guards there and a messenger told him, I'm sorry, you can't. The king is with one of his wives. Could you come back later, please? You know
0: that deal you this made, is the where only like condition if, if you one have. of you is, yeah. Like you don't want to be. Come on, just wait outside for a moment. Yeah, it's okay. It will take long. Your call is important to us,
1: and as soon as one of our <laughs> operators helpful. is available. <laughs> so, into Fernie's Believes that these guards are lying. He says, no, 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 I don't believe this. I think you're just trying to keep me from the I don't think he's
0: with a woman. That cannot
1: be. (laughs) So he decides to cut the nose and ears off of these guards. uh, uh, Excuse me? Just because he can. Out of what? And he hangs them around their neck as a necklace, like a sane person would do.
2: I... I... Don't think...
0: (laughs) I... I mean, first, don't do that just because they're people. But in this context, isn't Darius going to be really mad that his guards are dead
2: now?
1: I mean, the guards are still alive. They're just chopped. Well, you, d- you know. So, yeah, the guards do go to Darius and say, uh, Something's <laughs> changed, you know. Interfernes sort of mutilated us. Could you please give us justice? That would be nice. Thanks.
0: You know, if you have a free moment... Yeah. In the meantime, I'll go take care of all the blood on the floor. Yeah.
1: I'll mop it up, don't worry, it's okay. So Darius at this point fears that this is probably going to be a conspiracy against him. Because the last really? time people were mutilated in the palace, it was him doing that. So maybe yeah, he should have a be careful. Yeah. So he questioned each of the nobles to see if they approved of the mutilation. But they all claimed, oh, no, no, we don't know anything about this, Darius. It must have been someone else. <laughs> Who knows? You know, anybody can enter the palace. It's going to be okay.
0: Anybody can enter the palace. It's very secure.
1: Yeah, it's all right. So Darius then decides to imprison Intifernes, all his sons and male relatives, and decides, you know what? I'm going to kill them. <laughs> if nobody's going to speak up, well, I'll kill all of them. So Intifernes, but yes. not the other nobles. No, the other nobles... Even though he... Did ask the other Yeah, locals. he trusts that they're actually innocent. Mm.
0: So he just puts the blame on Interfernes And yeah. it's like, okay, well, it was you who did this, so bye. Yeah. Friendship be damned.
1: <laughs> and so Herodotus tells us that in the next days, Interfernes' wife came to the palace, weeping and begging to rise for mercy, saying, hey, it was just my husband who was an idiot who did this. My
0: husband is an idiot, please don't. <laughs> just,
1: please don't kill all my male relatives. I would like to have them back, thanks. Yeah. So Darius then says, I'm going to grant you the life of one prisoner that you can choose. And the wife then says, Okay, in that case, I'm going to choose my brother. Okay. And Darius says, Why your brother and not your children or husband? Yeah. And then she replied that, Well, she could probably get another husband and new children. There was no way she's going to get another brother since her parents were dead. Uh,
0: So fair, like (laughs) true. But aren't you close to? I mean, I know that infant mortality was higher, but don't you have attachment to? Yes. I don't know. I don't
2: know.
0: I'm not saying you should choose between your brother and, you know, like, it, obviously it sucks either way, but like. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, so at this point, Darius thought this was a good explanation, so he even gave the woman back her firstborn son before killing oh. the rest of the family. That's a little extra, yeah. So at least the family line can continue. <laughs> all this last story is all Herodotus, so and eh, uh, you know, well, who knows? It's the usual, oh, Eastern kings are scary and evil sort of spiel that he's going with. But we've seen that Darius isn't really shy about murder, so
0: it could have happened, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it wasn't that terrible and a lot thirsty and torturous, but, uh, you know, lots of people died anyway, I'm sure.
2: Yeah.
1: So, at this point, Darius is in control of the Empire. The Empire is his. It's stable. Nothing is exploding. (laughs) Yes, his arms are round and he's like, mine. Yeah, it's his. It's finally secure. So he decides... You know what's a great thing to unify the empire and make me be well-loved? Conquest. Oh, yeah. Yay, conquest. More war. Yes, because we hadn't had enough. Who heard of culture? Nobody. He can make culture later once he has a lot of money from pillaging other people. I see. So Darius sends a naval expedition to explore the Indus River. And the fleet arrived near modern Suez from the Indus River about 30 months later. So Darius then manages to use the information gathered from this fleet to conquer Sindh and basically add the whole Indus River Valley to his empire, oh, sending joke. his eastern border into India, essentially. Yeah. And this is a great catch, because according to Herodotus, the Indus River Valley provides about a third of the revenues of the entire empire. Whoa! Because they have massive gold mines.
0: Oh, so they have metals. Yes. Because I was wondering what recent, what do they have over there?
1: But it's pure old time favorite gold. Yeah. And this is actually the region where Herodotus tells us that there's giant ants digging up gold. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. This is the place. This is when he says it. Mm. And yeah, so now Darius not only has the largest empire the world has ever seen, he now has Mm -hmm. three of the six craters of civilization. Impressive. High score. Yeah,
0: and the others are safe because they're far away. <laughs> yes, those are safe because they're way too distant
1: for Persia to reach them. But yeah, so now Darius decides that there were some loose ends that need to be tied up because Cyrus's death has gone unavenged, and all the Scythians, Herodotus describes as vaguely living between Ukraine and the Aral Sea, so. Both Somewhere there. getting into Europe, like roughly the northern steppe is how he describes it. Yeah. rice has decided that he wants to deal with these people. He wants to ensure that they submit to him. He's not really planning to conquer them because steppe people and all that, but he's deciding, I want them to pay tribute, I want them to stop raiding us, and I want to secure our northern border so we can be safe. Okay. It sounds like a good plan. Yes. So this is where we get our first expedition into Europe because Darius constructs a bridge of boats across the Bosphorus so that he can march directly from Anatolia into Europe and head towards the coast of the Black Sea. Very badass. Yeah, that's good impressive. A bridge of boats. So he marched along the coast and crossed all the way past the Danube without encountering resistance. He's gone past the borders of the Roman Empire. Yep. And there, the Scythians are just continuously retreating. You know, they're doing the nomad thing, they're not engaging. Yeah, they're like, okay, we move away. If they don't have to, they're just going to move away. What are you going to do? Go. Raid our non existent city? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? So they just keep moving northwards. However, Darius isn't dumb, he's trying to ensure that he has control and a safe way back. So mm-hmm. he builds several forts along the way as he keeps going north.
0: Yeah, so those places count as conquered. Yeah, now we keep. Yeah,
1: they're keep partially Italy. occupied, and you can just keep moving forward. Yes. and also I think there was relatively recently discovered an inscription of Darius in Romania <gasps> from one of these Ooh. forts. Cool. So that's really cool because it's unexpectedly much more north than what you would otherwise expect. Yeah, they really went up there. Yeah, so he keeps going up further. And here we get Herodotus telling us his version of the story, where Darius looks a bit silly, but it's Herodotus (laughs) and he doesn't like Darius very much, so there we go. Yeah, we figured. So over in Scythia, after chasing all the Scythians, Darius sends an envoy, asking them, why do you keep running away? (laughs) If you think you're stronger than me, then you should just fight me and defeat me. But if you think you're weaker than me, then just give me tribute. And let's just finish this. We don't need to be doing this. You can go back to your pastures. I can go back home.
0: Instead of this incessant cat and mouse yeah. chase.
1: So the think king then replied that, no, no, we're not running because we're scared. It's just that we don't really have any cities or fields to defend. This is just what we do, man. Like, this is not the... Uh... Yeah, this is just our strategy. It's not... We're not scared. We're just... It's just our lifestyle. You're
0: interpreting it incorrectly. We're not running away from you. We're just doing our thing regardless of if you were here. Since you're there, we're just not going where you are, you know? (laughs) Because logic. So essentially he told the nomads, can you stop being nomads for a second so I can, like, you know,
1: stand still and and get stabbed or just surrender, please. I'm tired. But the the Scythian king says, if the Persians really want a battle, then they should just find the tombs of our ancestors and attack those. But nobody else knows where (laughs) they are, so, haha, good luck finding them.
0: Good point. Does Darius take this as a challenge?
1: Darius, sort of. Because by this point, Darius is running into difficulties. He's gone Mm -hmm. around close to Crimea at this point, and Mm -hmm. still no battles, still not
0: yeah. Just running after these people. Yeah.
1: And the Scythians then notice that Darius is running a bit short on supplies. You know, it's starting to get close to Mm -hmm. winter, it's going to be a mess if he's up there. Yeah. He needs you to can't withdraw. do this
0: forever yeah. if you're not used to being a nomad.
1: Yeah, exactly. And sure, he built some forts, but they're not like massive cities and everything. They're able to hold the area reasonably well, but not forever.
0: Where's your agriculture now?
1: <laughs> yeah. So the Scythians see that if they wait just a little bit longer, Darius is probably going to have to turn back and we can be done with this. So how do they make Darius wait? Well... They send him a messenger, bringing the gift of a bird, a mouse, a frog, and five arrows. Uh Uh-huh. And the messenger tells the Persians, Oh, well, we've heard of your great wisdom, so if you will interpret our message, we will have peace. Uh Uh-huh. So, you know, Darius and his nobles start trying to discuss, you know, what does this mean? No way this can go wrong. What are these things? So Darius actually reasoned that this was actually the Scythians surrendering. Of course he did. Of course. Because a mouse is the creature of the earth. A frog is the creature <laughs> of water. Mm-hmm. A-, a bird is most like a horse. Herodotus doesn't explain yeah. why this connection was made. I guess it's both
0: fast or something. Yeah. It's weird. I- don't you look at a bird and any bird and a horse and you're like, ah oh, yes.
1: <laughs> exactly the it's same. A- Very it- good. <laughs> <laughs> And then he says the five arrows are the Scythians surrendering their weapons ceremonially to Darius. Of course, of course. You go with that. Yeah, however, Gabrius, one of the seven conspirators, instead thought that the meaning was more aggressive. It was saying, unless you become birds, Persians, and fly up into the sky, or mice and hide into the earth, or frogs and leap into your lakes, you will be shot by these arrows and never return home.
0: I like that. Interpretation. It makes more sense too, instead of just the delusional. Ah, yes, they're surrendering. Look, of Darius.
1: But what was the real interpretation? The Scythians were just messing with them.
0: Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I was like, there's no interpretation. They just sent random things,
1: and we're like, woohoo! So while Darius was sat there for a week or so, trying to discuss and figuring <laughs> out what is this thing? Are they surrendering? Are they attacking? Oh. What are, what's going to happen? The Scythians yeah. sent some ambassadors to the Greek guards of the bridge on the Bosphorus and bribed them to abandon their guard and allow the Scythians to go and burn the bridge. Mm-hmm. So when Darius notices that actually wait, the guards are leaving. Wait, what? Is our bridge unsafe? Yeah. We can't go home? Oh no. Oh whoopsie. Sort of concludes a quick piece and runs back to Asia where he is mm. going to be safe again. It was a trap. Now, this is the version of Herodotus, so we're not sure how yeah, likely yeah. it was, oh, the Scythians tricked Darius, haha, silly man. I was just
0: thinking, when you were explaining to me this, I was like, I mean, this is very biased against
1: Darius and trying to make him look like a fool. Yeah, exactly. And it's probably more reasonable to assume that by the time it got late, it was roughly winter. Yeah, Darius thought, it's not worth it anymore. And in in go back. Yeah. We're not going to catch them. Nothing has changed. Yeah. So, And we get reports that he probably concluded peace. Like, even Herodotus tells us that oh. the Scythians were... Sc- that he managed some kind of... Yeah, the Herodotus tells us yes. that Scythians were scared enough of Darius that they stopped their raids on mm. uh, the Achaemenid Empire and also agreed to give tribute.
0: Okay, well,
1: that's better than I would have expected. So, that doesn't sound like a complete failure. <laughs> that sounds like a good way. So it's more likely that Darius did this whole march up north. The Scythians were impressed enough that they decided, okay, fine, we accept your terms. This is okay. Mm-hmm. And Darius went back home. In the meantime, we also have a whole new additions to the empire under Darius's lieutenants. Huh. Because Thrace, so the land just across the Bosphorus in Europe, was added to the empire. Several mm-hmm. Greek cities were conquered by Darius's generals. Mm -hmm. And King Alexander I of Macedon submitted voluntarily to the Achaemenid Empire and became their vassal. Related to the great? His distant ancestor, yes. I see. And yeah, in the meantime, the satrap of Egypt annexed Cyrene, so the Greek cities in the east of modern Libya. And so the empire is now pretty nice and big. And in total, this added four new satrapies to the empire called overseas Scythia, Thrace, and Macedonia, Thessalia and Greek islands, and Libya. Okay, well, overall, you know, he did the conquering. Yeah, he did the conquering, and now he can return home to administer the empire as a good king should.
0: Yeah, now, before it breaks up again, you
1: fool. (laughs) You'd hope. Also, we get a weird story from Tisius that I'm going to tell you just because it's very strange. Yay, weird story time. Tisius. So it's a weird story about (laughs) the death of Darius's parents. Ooh. So apparently Darius ordered some masons to build a tomb for himself. And his parents decided to go up to the hill that it was being built on to see how the work mm-hmm. was going. The tomb for my son. <laughs> yeah, Weird choice, but sure. Yeah. However, to get on top of the hill, his parents needed to be hoisted up with ropes. What, what kind of hill was this? A cliff? Very unclear. I don't know. T just has not great spatial reasoning. I see. So some priests decided to hoist up Darius's parents. But they saw some snakes just next to the ropes while they were lifting up the parents.
0: Oh And we know that snakes come from the earth and they represent <laughs> the Persians.
1: Exactly. <laughs> this has been happening way too much. And so they freaked out, letting go of the ropes, and so the parents plummeted to their deaths. Oh,
0: how fun. What do you think Darius did? Killed the priests and tortured them before killing them and cut off some parts of their bodies and crucified them? Almost, he just killed them.
1: He was feeling Uh. merciful that day. Oh, because, you know, his parents, eh, whatever. Like, Eh, you know, sure. It's it's not Babylon, you know. (laughs) They're nice, but... uh. Uh. But now we finally get to the administration of the whole empire. So, Darius has an empire he can rebuild. True. How does Darius invent imperialism? That's what he wanted
0: to do, right? So,
1: Yeah, because if you remember, under Syaxares and then Cyrus and Cambyses and all these people, mm-hmm. they were kings of kings, literally. Yes, that was the point. They were literally ruling over other kings, and it was a very fragmented empire. Not exactly fragmented, but more of a federal thing.
0: Easier to put together. A bit of administrative nightmare, but everything rules itself, so...
1: Eh. Yeah, sort of everything runs itself as it used to run itself. The only thing is that they just point the taxes towards Persepolis. Under
0: new management.
1: But Darius sees that this is an issue. Well, first of all, because the rebellions Mm. that started at the beginning of his reign were a sign that the Empire isn't as united as you think it is. Yeah. You know, you don't want to deal with, at every succession, a massive Empire explosion. Every time the Empire looks a little Mm -hmm. bit weak. So, a better idea is to just get rid of all these sub kings, or at least the scary ones, <laughs> yeah. and restructure the empire in something that is truly centralized. So, if you remember, Cyrus had established these satrapies around the empire. Yes, this little which are sort of provinces. Mm-hmm. And Darius decides, let's reproduce this throughout the entire empire. Everything is going to be organized in units that are too small to rebel on their own and that can be administered through government officials that I send. Okay. Not some local king that has been there for generations and has the loyalty of the local people. No, it's going to be an official that I'm sending from the nobility who's going to be there and govern.
0: Okay, yeah. So essentially, provinces. Yeah.
1: Yes, it's provinces. And this is going to influence, you know, later on, the Seleucid Empire, then the Romans, Mm -hmm. then the British Empire and friends. So this is pretty much the basis for most imperialism where you break up the local people and ensure that it works and they serve you as appropriate. Yeah,
0: not fun for the locals.
1: Yeah, but the good thing here is that Darius isn't really suppressing the local identities. Oh, good. He is sort of keeping up Cyrus's method, Cyrus's spirit of, I don't care who you worship or what you believe or what your culture is. Just pay taxes. That is always refreshing. Not perfect, but you know. Yeah, he's keeping that up and ensuring that it works. And he also has, you know, he's crowned as a pharaoh in Egypt all Mm. that sort of thing. What he is doing is ensuring that the administration is broken up. Yeah. Also, another thing that he does is he reforms the army. Because well, he's been fighting all this time. Yeah, he he better... He (laughs) knows what didn't work. He knows what worked. And so he turned it, again, from a series of different regional contingents. Mm-hmm. From, you know, oh, this is the Median army. Oh, this is the Persian army. Oh, this is the Susan army. This is the Babylonian <laughs> army. The Susan army. <laughs> I'm glad you adopted uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so he restructures it into one unified thing. Where, yes, everybody's distinctive fighting style is considered, but we're not having separate armies for separate people Okay. Anymore. And also, he establishes as the core of his army 10,000 immortals. I, okay. I mean,
0: having immortal people in your army is, <laughs> is always a good move. Always do that if you can. But uh, mm, my scientific mind is a bit skeptical about this
1: one. <laughs> I mean, they're called immortals just because there's always a constant number of them. I see. So the idea is that there's always 10,000 and these are the elite troops that are kept. Okay. Okay. i I like that although i saw debated how real these are Mm. because these immortals are cited by herodotus but doesn't seem like any local iranian source talks about them
0: Hmm.
1: so it's either herodotus making this up just feeling saucy that day it
0: was like "Mm, yeah let's add a little bit of pizzazz
1: (laughs) yeah and the immortals are going to be quoted like far into the Sasanian period. Okay. Even though it's no longer this actual uh-huh. body, so it'd be maybe a mistranslated term, yeah. the royal guard or something.
0: Or he's just a man, and man- yes. men make mistakes.
1: Who makes more mistakes than Herodotus?
2: Well, yeah.
1: T- yeah. That's <laughs> <was> the answer. <laughs> so now Darius is in charge of a massive empire of 50 million people in the largest empire the world has ever seen. And it is now divided into 20 different satrapies, where Persia is the only one that doesn't pay taxes. Because, Mm. well, they're the heart of the empire. It's fine.
0: Yeah, you don't tax the rich because they're your friends. So you don't tax Persia because it's your closest.
1: Yeah, like Italy wasn't really taxed under the Roman Empire. Generally, the people who are closest to overthrow you you don't want to make them angry. Seems a little bit unfair, but okay. Eh, you know, Darius isn't about fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does yeah. not care at all. All of these satrapies, as I mentioned, India is the richest by far of all of them. Herodotus actually provides us with a full list of how much tribute each different satrapy gave. And India gives massive bags of gold dust to Darius to mm. ensure that the empire works. Outside all the satrapies, then Darius is also getting tribute from outside the empire. So Mm -hmm. from the kingdom of Kush, which was the one south of Egypt that Cambyses attacked. Darius didn't campaign there. Cambyses is probably the one who succeeded in getting tribute. Mm -hmm. And then he also gets tribute from the Colchians and the Arabians who send him gifts. And what is the best way to collect taxes and ease trade? Money! We no longer need to barter with sacks of metal, but we can actually use coins. Because there was money, but it was mainly sort of isolated in the kingdom of Lydia with all the creases and all that.
0: Cyrus kept it because he thought it was a good idea. Cyrus
1: kept it, but he decided that in the spirit of keeping everything as it is already, he Mm. didn't really spread it throughout the empire. I see. But Darius has broken down every door he could, so everybody is going to learn how to use money now. Yes. Thank you very much. This was my plan, okay? And you do as I say, or else. Points at the crucifixion section. Yes. Points at the giant sculpture where it says that he killed nine kings in 19 battles. Yeah. So don't. Please. (laughs) So he introduces two different uh, denominations of coins. Silver coins that the Greeks called siglos,
2: mm-hmm.
1: 20 of which would then equal one gold coin that the Greeks call a dotic Do we know price. what the names were in the
0: actual region? Not really, because they don't have words on them. Oh, okay. Just, eh. So And the Greeks didn't bother to like record the Persian way? No, they didn't.
1: Great. They Self-centered. Just, they just say, well, Darius made these, so let's call them Dariks. Sure, they'll be fine. Cool. Their images are basically a stylized little Persian king. Okay. And I'll show you this later in the <gasps> portrait section. And I have a replica here with me.
0: <gasps> oh, that's so cool.
1: So on one side there is a stylized king with the attributes of kingship, so a bow and a crown, mm-hmm. looking all very. Regal, but again, it's not like a face yet. Yeah, that still hasn't been invented. There's no still portrait on a coin. It's just the
0: logo of a king. This is represents yeah, a king. It's a
1: general picture of what a king looks like. And then the other side has basically a punch, mm-hmm. a hole where
0: you know how you make the coins because you make them by it, hand yeah. with a hammer or something.
1: Yeah, and so the idea is that these coins weren't really used for everyday sort of mm-hmm. things, but they were more of a you know, more of a large expenses sort of thing, or long-distance trade. See,
0: it would make sense that if people in a village are exchanging goods and services, they would still be just
1: doing it the old way, because... Yeah, doing some very rough calculation. The estimate is that for the modern day, for like a person, a Daric would be the equivalent of having a 2,000 euro coin, Whoa. and a Siglos, like a 100 euro coin. Okay, yeah. So... You're not going to use them every day. Yeah. You're going to use them, you know, Dariks for very big expensive, and Siglos for medium-sized expenses, mm-hmm. but you're not going to buy bread with them.
0: Yeah, no. Or you're, like, you That's know. overkill. Your coffee.
1: Yeah. So now we can trade throughout the empire and, well, you know, you don't have to deal with, oh, I don't know what these people use, for, use to trade. Mm. You can trade from India to Egypt. Yahoo. To Thrace. Well, Easily with the same... Method. That's very impressive. But to get throughout all these places, Darius also decides to enhance trade more. So he builds improved roads throughout the empire. He builds the royal road, which goes from Susa to Sardis. Mm-hmm. So it basically, goes from Mesopotamia all the way to the coast of the Aegean. Amazing. And this is basically a lifeline that goes throughout that section of the empire.
0: Yeah, roads are so important. Especially when you didn't have that many of them, because have you ever tried to go off path anywhere?
1: It's a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're trying to get like a large amount of stuff going through, if you're getting a group of big carts. If you're through a muddy, terrible road, you're not going to get very far. But if you have a nice, beautiful, organized road, then yeah, sure, you're going to be a lot quicker.
0: And then things start popping up at the sides of the road because people need to rest and to recover and to you know. And then some people stay there and yay
1: yeah and speaking of that Darius also institutes his own setup there so there are different little houses at one day's ride distance where government officials can get food and fresh horses for free and regular people can also do that when they're traveling along the road they can just well although they'll have to pay for it of course interesting very monopolized yeah sure but you know that's the point (laughs) And yeah, he also builds canals crossing between different rivers to ensure that if you're traveling by boat, you don't have to get off the boat, Mm -hmm. so everything is very well connected. And he also systematized the extraction of tribute from the satrapies. Mm. And to do this, he did something very important and intelligent, which is unifying weights and measures. Oh, yes. Because imagine the imperial system, (laughs) but worse. Yes! Imagine if you had the imperial system, but every day or two of travel, the values of a mile or a pound or an inch changes. Oh uh, God. Ugh. And you're a merchant trying to go yep. from India to Egypt to trade something, and the units change every couple of days. <laughs> it's mad.
2: That's terrible. You don't
1: want to do this. This is insane.
0: I'm so glad he was like, hey, we need an
1: empire-wide system please yeah so he establishes these new weights and measures that can finally be used throughout the entire empire so that we're no longer doing the cyrus thing where you can keep your local measurements we're doing something that is actually organized throughout the empire yes because it makes sense it works if you want to build a unified identity yeah if you are
0: communicating throughout the empire if you are actually i was gonna say globalizing but it's not a globe but you know Sort of, yeah, international. Yes, it would make it very difficult, so.
1: And another element that he does is he does a lot of great works. Oh. So he travels to Egypt in 497 BC and opens a canal, joining the Mediterranean to the Red Sea. Oh, okay. This will not be equaled until the Victorian age.
0: Incredible! yeah, I was going to say, that's some feat of
1: architecture right there and engineering. Yes. Yes, it's a massive feat of engineering. And it's not in the exact same place where the Suez Canal is now. Mm -hmm. It actually takes advantage of the Nile. Oh. So it's basically a little bit down the Nile, and then it cuts through, connecting to a lake, and then goes into the Red Sea. So it connects the Nile to what? The Nile to the Red Sea, which is then connected to the Indian Ocean and the Persian Gulf and all that. So now you can realistically take a ship from Persia and go to Europe. Awesome. And you don't have to get off your ship. Yes. Yes.
0: That's amazing. Which is really cool. Will we have maps about this on the episode?
1: Yes, you will have maps. I'm asking for our listeners. I of know course. everything, obviously. <laughs> so this canal may have been started by some previous Egyptian pharaohs. Okay. So it's unclear if Darius has built it from scratch or just dug up the this canal, which had been swallowed by the sands. But definitely took but- the credit for it. Yeah, but it's definitely and it's done. It's done. It's working.
0: Yeah, yeah. He put the he put the last stone, and I was like, ah, yes, yes." Just
1: like boop, done. And yeah, he sponsored very large construction projects in Susa, Babylon, Egypt, and Persepolis. Hmm. And he began the building of the beautiful, beautiful palace complexes in Persepolis, which will mostly be completed by his son. But Darius begins the whole setup, and it's.
0: He's gonna have yep. such high marks. He's gonna have <laughs> such high marks because I was kind of hating him at the beginning, also because we had a very like untied Darius source that we were going through. Yeah, and it's very intense and murdery and ah, uh, but that just gives him shock factor and scheminess. Yeah, and now we have is that he's also good for the empire and also good for culture. And I'm like, oh no, he's going to score in everything. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And we have coins, so we even have like some kind of representation of a king, which counts as. And we have
1: the massive inscription that he made, where he shows himself submitting other kings.
0: Yeah, give up. He's doing well. Gonna shoot the boys. Right, oh good.
1: (laughs) Uh. Yeah, and also as I mentioned about the whole multiculturalism thing, the empire was built to take advantage of different cultures present and to use the local knowledge. And the empire didn't have only one official language, but multiple official languages mm-hmm. based on the reason to ensure that everybody knew how it works. Okay. And everyone's expertise was used yeah, when that, necessary. So the I Phoenicians mean, are great sailors. They get that. Cool.
0: That makes sense if you have multiple languages in an empire. Like it makes sense to put things in multiple
1: languages just because you want people to be able to communicate. That's part of the deal. Yeah. And the court gets a lot of people from all over the empire. Like the Egyptians are incredibly experienced surgeons and doctors yes well they're at the court now because it's important to make use of
0: medicine yeah
1: yeah and when opening up bodies as part of your funerary tradition
0: you learn you a lot get
1: to figure out anatomy well enough Yay. you don't have to dig up bodies in the night <laughs> in europe you don't have yeah. to hide away it's easy but now we get towards the tail end of darius's life and you'll notice I didn't mention the Greeks. That's They're true. around. They exist. We just, you know, ignore so, that part of the geography. Yeah. <laughs> so in 510 BC, we find that the Asiatic Greeks, so the Greeks on the coast of Anatolia, who were conquered by Cyrus quite a while ago, were being governed by a series of local lords, oligarchies, depending on the city, Mm-hmm. that were subservient to Darius oh. and just gave tribute as
0: they would. Okay, so he didn't make them into a province with his own ruler, but... No, they, they keep they their, give, sort of, okay. their sort
1: of semi-independence. And Darius sees that this is working well enough, so he sponsors several of these Greek people to go back to mainland Greece and spread the word of how great it is to be in the Achaemenid Empire. <laughs> Everything is going really, really well. Wouldn't you people also like to join? If you want to, feel free.
0: Yeah, look at look at our market and like how we're using money and the culture yeah. exploding and oh my goodness, it's excellent.
1: Yeah. Did you ever want goods from India? You can get them yeah. now. That's our fault. That's our merit. We did. Yeah, it's not great. our fault. What? You, what? Yeah. <laughs> huh? So it starts to spread a bit into mainland Greece as well. And at this point, in five hundred BC. The deposed oligarchs of the island of Naxos appealed to the satrap of Lydia to try and bring them back into power. And in exchange, well, they could negotiate a tribute. And the satrap says, okay, fine. Sounds like a good deal. Here are some soldiers. You can go off to take back your island. Mm -hmm. However, this expedition failed because there was a disagreement between the tyrant of Miletus, which is a Greek city on the coast of Anatolia, Mm -hmm. And the leader of the expedition. So the expedition failed because of this disagreement. Okay. So at this point, this Greek tyrant then decided to organize a massive revolt among the Greek cities to avoid consequences. So he collects the support of all these Greek cities that were chafing under the uh, Achaemenid authority. And they launch an attack on the capital of Lydia, which is Sardis. And they actually managed to burn Sardis to the ground, which is... Not great. Nope. And Darius is not happy. Yeah, again, again. I
0: thought I had it all under control. And...
1: <laughs> Damn it. I was doing nice things now. Why don't they like me? Yeah, so at this point, these Ionian cities call for help from mainland Greece. And two cities answer city of Eritrea and mm-hmm. a little known city state on the eastern coast called Athens.
0: Okay, I thought you were going to say Sparta. I was so ready. No.
1: no sparta wouldn't have joined i know i know i thought you were were
0: just going to showcase how they join in the last moment when they know who's going to win and then they're like oh we
1: won (laughs) yeah the spartans decided Ooh, that looks hard (laughs) let's stay home it'll be fine let the athenians deal with it also it's important to note that athens right now isn't important okay like athens is only the athens we know because of what happens in these years (gasps) So
0: now, now they're becoming, is their coming-of-age story? The birth of Athens.
1: So now, Athens is just a random other city like Eritrea, Mm -hmm. and they're helping out. They decide to send a few ships and help.
0: Poor Eritrea. You're like, oh, they're just a random city
1: like Eritrea. I mean, yeah. uh, You'll find out why Eritrea is a random city (laughs) soon enough.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no.
1: Because Darius sends his army to Ionia, and in six years manages to retake it all entirely. Mm Mm-hmm. But, he's annoyed that somebody from mainland Greece sent their help. Yeah. So he decides, you know what, let's show Athens and Eritrea that they don't mess with us and just get away with it.
0: I thought we were in good terms. I offered them to join. If they didn't, you know, fair. I thought it would be better for everybody. But we had an agreement going on, so nobody was getting hurt, and they still wanted to poke me. And so now, fire. Death.
1: Vengeance. Destruction. Yes. (laughs) So yes, Darius decides to send an expedition into Greece. Mm -hmm. So the first one is under the son of Gabrías, Okay. Called Mardonius. Who you want to write down because he'll pop up in the next episode as well.
0: I wonder why.
1: And he sent this first army across the Hellespont. And it tries to cross through Macedon and go down into Greece from the north. But this is sort of stopped... Because there are some raids from the barbarians in the north, from the Thracians, and they're sort of forced to take another route because this, this isn't working. It's too much trouble. So he sends a new expedition under a man called Datis the Mede. <laughs> okay. Of about 20,000 men with a fleet. So he's sending them across the sea. Yes, it's going to be a bit more trouble because if you're landing an army, that's always a vulnerable time. But it's probably the most direct way. he will see how it goes. So he sends this first fleet, and they head for Eritrea first. And they get to Eritrea, they take it, burn it to the ground. No more Eritrea. Okay, so that's why. Yes, that's why you don't hear from them. Next, Darius, in 490 BC, is guided by a former tyrant of Athens, and they land at the Plain of Marathon in late summer. Oh. There, they find 9,000 heavy Athenian infantry, 600 Plataeans, and another 10,000 lightly armed attendants under the Athenian general Miltiades. And there, at the plate of Marathon, is the reason why Athens becomes important. Ooh, I see. Because, surprising pretty much everyone, Miltiades managed to take advantage of the fact that Darius' fleet is disembarking and is not ready, and their cavalry doesn't have space to maneuver in the tight valleys. Hmm. So, Miltiades manages to defeat Darius' force and send it back into the sea.
0: Is this the first time he's defeated like that?
1: I mean, he's been pushed back a bit, but it's the first time that's a clean defeat, let's say.
0: That's a feel I was getting. I'm like, I mean, he hasn't won every battle, but I don't recall him. Yeah, exactly. So, Athens
1: has won. Oops. (laughs) What now? (laughs) <laughs> to explain where you get marathons from. Yes. Uh, Miltiades sent a messenger from Marathon to Athens to run and, and say, we won, we won. And so this messenger ran the amount of kilometers of a marathon. Incredible. And arrived to Athens, shouted Nike, which means victory, victory. and then died. Because that's a lot for a human body yes. to run. Yeah, especially if you've recently been in a battle yeah. I, I would be tired, too. But they needed to let them know. Yeah. But Athens has won, and Athens is now looked to by the rest of Greece as, oh, you've defeated the Persians that Whoa. one time. That was yeah. that was impressive. Ooh. This is why the, the one battle is why. I mean, there are more battles later, but this I is I the guess start of it.
0: Incredible. I love the marathon story, it's always a good story. It's
1: a good story. But they had horses now, so why send this poor man running? <laughs> it's terrible, it's a hilly place. If you remember, it's a place where we almost ran out of gas in Greece. There's a lot of tiny little hills.
0: Oh yeah <laughs> It's true. <laughs> I remember the songs we were listening to when we parked. Oh, okay. Nice. I have very specific memories. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. And we bathed in the
1: sea of marathon,
0: which was Oh, good. that was fun. But yes, I guess since you were saying like, oh, things were hard to maneuver and such and such, I imagine maybe the landscape wasn't horse friendly.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not, you know, like being in Babylon where it's mostly flat and you can just mass Mm -hmm. a bunch of horses. You need to be more careful. And well, the Athenians, they've been trained for this. This is the only warfare they know. So they're going to be better at it. Understandable. So after the failure of this expedition, Darius decided, okay, I guess I shouldn't have delegated. I'll go myself and destroy Athens.
0: Yeah, I'll show them. Okay, it's fine. This has been a fun little hiccup, but okay, now for real.
1: Yeah, it's like, ah, uh, fine, sure. But according to Persian law, if you'll remember, Darius mm-hmm. needs to choose an heir before he leaves on campaign. True. And he has two sons. That are sort of vying for power. Wonderful. The first one is called Artabazanes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and was the son of Gabrias' daughter, yeah. and Darius, and was his eldest son. Okay. So, De- so far the heir, that's been the logical right? aim.
0: Didn't he want a son with Atossa, since that would link him to the Cyrus lineage?
1: Exactly, because Atossa also has a son called Xerxes, ah. and Atossa wants her son to succeed.
0: Yes. As a good mother, yeah.
1: You know. So we get that a discussion ensues, and people try to understand how to justify that Xerxes will be the ruler. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it's decided that Xerxes, unofficially, because he's the great grandson of Cyrus.
2: Mm-hmm. No,
1: he's just the grandson of Cyrus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's he like has a direct been very connection. Long, yeah. You, so he's just the grandson of Cyrus, unofficially. But officially, the idea is, well, Xerxes was the first son that was born to Darius when he was king. So that makes him more legitimate to succeed. He was the first one born as a prince. Well Artabazanes uh, was born as just the uh, son of a random noble. Okay. Xerxes but was born is, as a prince. But it is
0: Darius' son.
1: Yes, it is, his. Yes.
0: Okay, so he's just younger than Okay.
1: Yeah, he's just slightly younger.
0: I'm sure the older brother won't have any problem with that
1: at all. We'll see in the next episode Uh so at this point xerxes is made heir to the throne and darius continues his plans for an invasion of greece and an attack on athens but his health begins to fail and there's Mm. a minor revolt in egypt he has to deal with so he doesn't have time and so he doesn't really make it and he dies in october 486 before he could launch his new expedition I feel like it's been a few years. Like, we've been going
0: on forever, and lots have happened,
1: so. Yes, this man has has reigned for a very, very long time. But, yeah, there we go. So, thoughts on Darius?
0: Oof, many. So, he doesn't get to crush Athens
1: himself? No, he leaves this to his son Xerxes, who is going to inherit this uh, grudge match against Athens. Because all he has to do is burn Athens to the ground, and then nobody will ever remember Athens. It'll be like Etruria, and it'll be fine. Yes. So there we go. Excellent. Yes. So let's rate let's him. Let's get to rating. Woo. So, first category is final moments. How interesting was his death? The least interesting <laughs> of his whole life,
0: really. Yes. I mean, I co- a very interesting the kind life, of death just. you would faded. like, I guess, of
1: just you know peacefully just uh, going away. Yeah, let me check how old he was, actually. I'm not sure. 4, 486 is when he died, and he was 550, so four sixty-four 64 years. It's not, you know, it's not terribly.
0: Yeah, it's not so old. I'd prefer older, but,
1: you know. Still, for the time, reasonable enough.
0: I guess, yeah. A lot of stress went into his life
1: you know yes i can imagine the poor man after the five years he had to constantly subdue revolts was probably <laughs> tired
0: <laughs> hence the exasperation <laughs> yeah.
1: yes the very exasperated ending so what is your opinion uh, um, a zero. Zero. yeah nothing happened nothing result. happened nothing there's happened. nothing interesting it just yeah, died I, I was wondering if it won but yeah zero out of ten what for final moments yeah. next category is battle hardness How good was he at fighting and conquering Uh, and being the king of kings that stabs people? Very
0: good. We did get to see a lot of battles. Like we said, he didn't straight up win all of them, but he only lost like one. And it wasn't even him in the battle. Yeah, and
1: in Marathon, he wasn't really trying. It was just, oh, sure, let someone else deal with it. And it's like, oh, you lost? Oh, fine, (laughs) I guess I'll try.
0: Yeah, and honestly, he did seem to be present for a lot of the battles and personally... Go through them, see the siege of Babylon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and overall, a good, a good warring king. Yeah,
1: and he was personally leading. He went up to Cythia, I feel like Really, really good. Sort of stuff.
0: I mean, I don't know if a ten because I feel like you need to do something very impressive for a ten.
1: Yeah, I feel like, like there the 10, are,
0: there should be like a a whoa
1: moment of oh my god, yeah, this was like incredible. He did a good job. I mean, although the whole mess of civil wars where he had basically yeah. nothing and had to rebuild
0: he had to reconquer the whole empire. yeah yeah yeah. he lost everything <laughs> because mad. he wasn't paying
1: attention <laughs>
0: yeah. um but that is more you know empire wise than battle wise
1: yeah. yeah i guess like yeah. a nine or an eight i'm more for a nine because honestly i was wondering if a nine or a 10 but i think a 10 has to be more like yes then a nine a from
0: me as well gold I agree. star
1: perfect yes. excellent
0: for a 10, so, you have okay. to do something extra.
1: Not just yeah, win, 10, but like. I need cool battle details. I need everything. I need perfect record.
0: Which, to and be derives, fair, it's is not. Darius
1: is very good, but.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not, not fair to Darius because, like, having cool battle details is
1: not, you know. Yeah, it's not his fault. <laughs> but, eh, you know, we'll do what we can. We get the Babylon detail. That's. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if that's cool, but. That it's was a cool war me, story. I was there. I, I have the images yeah. in my head. <laughs> nice. Okay, so Battle Hardness, a 9 and a 9, gives us an 18 out of 20 for
0: Battle Hardness. Terrible Papyrus just losing his mind.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Poor Zephyrus. Yeah. So Darius is now the highest ranked Battle Hardness person. As he should. Fair enough. Won't be the last one he excels at. Yeah, next category is another one he excels at. Scheminess. Hey! How good is this man at scheming? Uh, He murdered the king. Yes. He killed Bardia. Not only did he kill Bardia, he rewrote all of history to yes. ensure that his version was the only true one. Yeah, it's he so He ensured intense. that Bardia was actually supposed to be an imposter, Cambyses was actually supposed to be a mad tyrant, and Cyrus was actually meant to be an Achaemenid.
0: So basically 80% of the things we have discussed so far in this podcast might just be his retelling because that's what
1: we have. Yes, which I love, and it's Excellent. so massive. <laughs> and then, yeah, if you want to add some smaller scheminess to the Zapyrus yeah, thing, love, I love smaller perhaps.
0: scheminess, you know, like in teaching his horse and whatever. And, like, smaller, oh, yeah, smaller the horse scheminess thing. is true. fun because you get to see the letter passed in the shadows under the door and the glances exchanged in a room. And But, like, literally rewriting all of history. I, come on.
1: Yes, and it was a thing that nobody ever suspects. There's like no ancient source that quotes him as being a usurper. Like, not even Herodotus got a glimpse of this, not even Tejas.
0: Amazing. Incredible. But now to us, it's kind of... Well, I was going to say clear. Not clear, obviously,
1: but like, it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that he was telling the truth, but come on. He yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. But for us, it's very obvious that he probably was a us- usurper, but then none of the ancient sources say it?
1: Which is weird. Yeah, nobody even mentions the possibility, wow. so.
0: How do we have better, aren't we missing something? How do we have a better view than people living at the time?
1: Well, we just have the archaeological record from Egypt uh, that's where fair. we know, okay, Cambyses did commission ah, yes, yes, yes. a sarcophagus for sure. Apis, Cambyses was reforming the tax We have the so bigger picture. We have more yes. pictures there, so... It's easier to figure it that out.
0: That was excellent. I am very tempted to give him a ten because does anybody else I'm, with your future knowledge yeah. uh, does anybody else do anything similar to this?
1: I think similar, maybe, but I don't know if anything on this scale. Like, I'm trying to think of why not to no, give. No, let's go. Let's <laughs> do it. He deserves it. Ten.
0: This is the special thing you need to get yes. a ten. Rewrite all of history. Uh, yes. In your I favor. Agree. I do not approve of this, by the way. Please, t-
1: people. Don't do this. <laughs> so with 10 and 10, Dryas has 20 out of 20 of scheminess being the most scheming Did person th- ever. Did anybody that on. we would give him anything? but? No, of course mm-hmm. not. Next category, still probably going to be good. Shock factor. God,
0: I... So God, much murder. So much blood. Oh,
1: suffering. Well, again, Torture. First thing is killing yeah. your king. Secondly... Brutally murdering nine different yep. kings and in describing his it
0: and putting it on display and crucifying people and raising the walls of Babylon to the ground
1: and just it just keeps going and just being a usurper yeah. overall on its own is a pretty good thing. I don't feel like he was cruel for the hell of it. I think he was more cruel because it was yeah. useful. Though I don't see him just randomly well, killing. But to be people. fair, he
0: had been that. And it hadn't worked, we wouldn't know that much about him anyway.
1: Fair enough, sure.
0: I'm not a fan of cruelty, but
1: <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not. Here I'm not really aiming for a 10. No, me neither. But I, think it's... But I feel like an 8 is probably fair. An 8? Really?
0: Well, you know, that's so much happened. Okay, so
1: so you're just under, under Cambyses.
0: Maybe an 8 would be more because of Herodotus'
1: stories. Sure, Herodotus is... So I would matter. give the 8 to Herodotus and not to <laughs> Tarius. I don't know. I think I'll be just under. I think I'm going to go with a 7. Cause I
0: might join you at a seven. 7. I feel like I went
1: a bit... Uh, yeah. Because I don't think he's Astyages' level of no. mad no. destruction. <laughs> ah, I think he's more... He's a cruel but pragmatic ruler... It is shocking, but it's not nah. the worst thing he could have done. I'm still thinking of, of Zephyrus. <laughs> Just the poor, poor Zephyrus. man. And he comes into the story, and I love that he's the son of Megabizos, and he come, of the Megabites. whole family comes into the story for a while, yeah. and I love them. They're great. Excellent. So shock factor 7 and 7? I feel like that's fair. Very well. So 7 and 7, 14 out of 20, which makes him the second most shocking ruler after Cambyses. That's... And just above yeah. Astyages, That's which not... I think is fair, honestly. Correct, yeah. Next category, also good for him, like all the categories. Yes. Aaron Shine. How good Excellent. was he for the Empire? What yeah. did he do? Well, I am so
0: impressed, because for once, it's not just like, oh, he conquered things, which, like, yes, but, like, he lost them first, and then he conquered, and then he conquered a bit more, but, like, you know... uh. But what I'm most impressed is by all the changes he made to the empire to essentially consolidate it and dividing it in provinces that were ruled by his own appointed rulers, rearranging the armies, getting tribute from everywhere in a like an organized manner, establishing money throughout the empire, enhancing trade by building very important roads and communicating places better, updating the extraction of tribute, By building canals and such and such. Just everything.
1: uh, uh, Building uh, a Suez canal two and a half thousand years before. Exactly. Nobody had
0: done that and nobody will in centuries.
1: And they will do it with the miracles of Victorian machinery and dynamite and all that.
0: How did they? How?
1: Yeah. (laughs) A lot of manpower. Yeah. I was going to say, "Mm, probably slaves. (laughs) They don't really have slaves, actually. They're all paid, which is neat. (gasps) Oh. Slavery is very know. limited in the Akkadian Empire.
0: I didn't know this. That's awesome.
1: Yes, wow. they're all paid. We have a lot of records in clay tablets. And slavery was generally more of a palace thing where mm. you have like a special person who is a doctor. You right, conquer right. a city. You take all their specialists and they're your slaves. But they can buy their freedom. And I see. the weird thing is that small tangent, they can rent themselves off their masters. Oh, okay. So if okay. a slave wants to go on holiday, can just pay his master a certain amount of money and say, I'll be back in like two months. Okay, bye. <laughs> Incredible. Bye, I'm back.
0: Okay. So yeah. That's actually very interesting. I don't know that. It's just because I was thinking, for example, how other great structures in ancient civilizations and not so ancient civilizations have been constructed. And usually if there's not heavy machinery involved,
1: it's Manpower, i.e. usually unpaid labor. Yeah, but that is also, for example, in Egypt as well. Like, yes. the pyramids were built with paid labor. <laughs> they were yeah. built with people who are paid in beer and bread. Interesting. So, you okay. get to live there. Fair, okay. fair. It's very interesting. But, yeah, I'm going to quote from the tomb of Darius where he <gasps> describes himself and his achievements. Oh, but, why of course, please, blind. please. Go ahead. So, he says, I am Darius, the great king, king of kings, king of the countries containing all kinds of men king of this great earth far and wide, son of Histaspes an Achaemenid, a Persian, son of a Persian, an Arian having an Arian lineage. King of the universe. Yes. King Darius says, By the favor of Ahura Mazda, these are the countries which I seized outside of Persia. I ruled over them. They bore tribute to me. They did what was said to them by me. They held my law firmly. And here's the list. Media, Elam, Parthia, Arya, Bactria, Sogdia, Chorasmia, Drangiana, Arachosia, Satajidia, Gandhara, India, the Hauma-drinking Scythians, the Scythians with pointed caps, Babylonia, Assyria, <laughs> Arabia, <laughs> Egypt, Armenia, Cappadocia, Lydia, the Greeks, the Scythians across the sea, Thrace, and the Greeks that wear sun hats.
2: <laughs> I love it. It's
0: like, these and this nation, ah, and this group of people, and this other group of people...
1: Who the ones wear that wear hats. The ones that dress funny. And it's really cool because in some of the palaces he sponsored in Persepolis, there's scenes of tribute from all of these cultural groups across Ooh. the empire. So And cool. they're not really shown as subjects. They're shown as people bringing tribute as equals by the Persians. Well, so you know, not shown under... wishful
0: thinking, but sure.
1: Still, but as a symbology, yeah, 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 it's yeah. nice that he's not stepping on their necks. They're all... They're bringing tribute. And well, it's fun because not... you can recognize them all from their caps and their oh, that's outfits. Awesome. And it's really cool. I wanted to
0: say he's not stepping on their necks like on the artwork where he's like, look how nice I am. But in reality, you know, they're not bringing tribute like they did to Cyrus because they liked him.
1: Yeah, they're bringing tribute because it's the law now. This is how it works. Because he is scary when he's angry. So we just. Yeah, we wouldn't want him when he's angry. And another thing on his tomb is that he says. I am of such sort. I am a friend of the right. Of the wrong, I am not a friend. It is not my wish that the weak should have harm done to them by the strong. Nor is it my wish that the strong should have harm done to him by the weak. The right is my desire. To the man who is a follower of the lie, I am no friend. I am not hot-tempered. No. When things develop in my anger, I hold firmly under control my thinking power. I am firmly (laughs) ruling over my own impulses. Look at all the impaled bodies. Can't you see? It's fine. I thought coldly about that and decided it was the best course of action. Exactly. (laughs) Then he says, The man who is cooperative, I reward him according to his cooperation. Who does me harm, I punish him according to the harm. It is not my wish that a man should do harm, nor indeed is it my wish that if he does harm, he should not be punished. What a man says against another man, it doesn't convince me until I hear the sworn statements of both sides. What a man does or performs according to his ability, by that I judge him. And it is much to my desire, and I am well pleased, and I give much to my loyal men.
0: I love when in these statements, you know, old translations of statements, there's this constant reiteration of, I am a friend of the right, of the wrong, I am not a friend. But of the right, yes, I am, <laughs> you
1: know. It's the format, which is, it's fun. It's uh, it's unusual to us, but I guess it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's how political speeches sound different to normal conversation. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, fair enough. So, ten. Yes. Obviously. We agree. Perfect. So, ten, ten gives us twenty for Darius the Great. Yay. Finally, face of faces. Let's see. Oh, wait. I need to draw. (laughs) Oh, no. While you draw, I will read to you what Darius says about his physicality. So we can see. Always on his tomb. Hmm. He says, this is my capability. My body is strong. As a fighter of battles, I'm a good fighter of battles. Whenever with my judgment in a place I determine whether I behold or do not behold an enemy, both with understanding and with judgment, then I think prior to panic, when I see an enemy as when I do not see one. I am skilled both in hands and in feet. As a horseman, I'm a good horseman. As a bowman, I'm a good bowman, both on foot and on horseback. As a spearman, I'm a good spearman, both on foot and on horseback. So, he is good at the king things.
0: Look at me, I'm big and strong and, you know, healthy and cool and wise. Yeah.
1: Okay, so Serial sent me their drawing, and it looks wonderful, and I love it. Yay! So we have a very, very, very stressed-looking Darius with a nice pointy crown and a very luxurious beard, which I quite enjoy, who is holding on to a disc of the Empire with many little cities on it, and it's all cracking, and he's just trying desperately to hold it together, and he's saying just stay together <laughs> or else so yes that i think encapsulates perfectly well the spirit of darius the great there
0: were so many different vibes i could have chosen from but this is the first one that came to mind just him stress being like i have to ha- i have killed nine kings please just stop it now
1: yeah <laughs> Okay, so now I'll show you how he displays himself killing the nine kings. So this is the base to an inscription I've been mentioning all this time. So here you can see that there is Darius, deer up top with the bow and everything. And then to his right are all the nine kings that he has tied by their necks being brought suppliants before Darius himself. Wow. This relief is just, wow. <laughs> Yes, and of all these heads, you can see all these the different descriptions descriptions explaining who they are. That's so cool. Also, another thing, Darius did he formalized Persian cuneiform. Hey, it was very helpful for everybody, especially the future. Also, this fellow up here flying on a cloud is the Farvahar, who is Ah. a person who basically gives him the divine right. Okay, good to know. Very cool. And so yeah, so let's get a bit of a close-up on Darius's face. So here to the right, we see him in the base to an inscription. Nice beard. So zoomed in. It is a very nice beard. I like all the little curlies in the yeah. hair and the beard. It's very good. Lots of good. detail. Yeah, and he has a nice little hat crown sort of thing.
0: Uh, I see the coin. Okay, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, so here's an image of a Daric. So you see the king? It's very stylized. It's just yeah. a little man with a crown, a spear, and a bow. Mm-hmm. But,
0: yeah. a symbol that people would understand as a king
1: right so what do you think about him do you think he looks cool what is your opinion overall I of mean his the
0: art is appearance? just so good like the with the, the descriptions experience. of everybody I can't imagine the faces of the archaeologists
1: who found it
0: essentially like here's a comic with the descriptions of all the important people about this part of history
1: yeah and the weird thing is that it was known. For a very long time. Mm -hmm. Like afterwards, I think, I don't know if it was ever lost. But the thing is that the knowledge of reading what it was was lost. So there were so many interpretations of what it might have been. I see. Was this a religious text? Was this some sort of other thing? No, it was just derives. No, it was
0: just derives. He might be watching upon my
1: works in despair.
0: Explaining how things happened, you know.
1: So what do you think? What would you give him for face of faces?
0: I mean, that is such a cool artwork. This face is, you know, uh, cool. I you know. Also, whatever. by the
1: way, get used to seeing this face because all future yeah. kings will want to imitate this face. Yeah,
0: yeah. I felt like it was very stylized. Like it's probably, you know, not so much what he actually looked like and just this is a king-like appearance.
1: Yes. But it's his fault that this is what a king looks like.
0: Yep. Ooh, that <laughs> so, gives him more points. That gives him yes. more points. I don't I never know with this.
1: And it's also I... contemporary, which is awesome. It is. It is him specifically making it. It's the first one where the author is the one who uh, yeah. made it. Well, the it's author is always on. the one who made it. Yeah, <laughs> the author is the, is the one who is being displayed. Yeah, so I'd say... Oh, I don't know. I think... uh, I don't know why not a 10. I, you know what? I'm going to go with 9. Me too. Because of the stylization. Because if yeah. it looked like him, I'd be yes, 10 all the way. But nine, because it's a cool scene, he looks cool. Just I a tiny little loss for I agree. That is perfect. perfect. So our last number is nine and a nine for face of faces, which gives him 4.5 points out of five. Woo! So the last category is instead lengthiness. How long did you think this man reigned? So he lived about 60 years. Roughly.
2: More or
0: less. A bit more. Um... 20 years.
1: I was going to say 30, but you know. Actually, it is more. It is 36 years oh, wow. of reign. Okay,
0: okay, okay. Not to cut it him short, just because, you know, things period. happened
1: before and there were a couple of rains and, you know. Yes. It, it... So remember, kids, if in your late 20s you haven't overthrown an empire, you're falling behind. What are you even doing with your life? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so 3.6 points out of 5 for lengthiness, which leads us to a. Very, very impressive total score. Woo! It's a ridiculous 80.1 out of 100.
0: He lived his life in the perfect balance to win the rating on this show.
1: Yes, it was just all the drama. The final <laughs> score is mostly drama points, and yep. he has all the drama points. You yep. <laughs> could have done very little to be better. Or, you know, more interesting, let's say.
0: It's not just like, oh, he was good for the Empire, so therefore we're ranking him high. No, 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 no. Just like, according to our ranking system, he just did everything right.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was good for the Empire and also a total scheming monster that we love because he's so he... good. Very cool. He is 20, over 20 points above the next nearest king. It Incredible. It is ridiculous. So, I think we know the answer of the next question, which is, is yes. he wonderful can enough, move on? impressive <laughs> enough, great enough to be a Shahanshah? Or did you suddenly get amnesia and decide to call him a Shahanna? Yes, of course he is a Shahanshah. Let's move on. <laughs> we knew it, Shahanshah. of course. <laughs> Shahanshah. So, Shahanshah number three. So, Ooh. he can go over to Cyrus and compare methods like, of yeah. I guess. And possibly tell Cyrus that he overthrew his entire dynasty and just placed his own on yep. the throne and rewrote history to make it look like they were the same.
0: Hey. So, you know, Cyrus still gets the
1: honor, but not his yeah, family. But still. So, there we go. That was a very long, very action packed episode for Darius the Great. Ooh. Darius the First. There will be more Dariuses. Yeah, so. The next episode is going to be Xerxes, his son, who has a revenge mission on Athens that he has to start, and some ah, yes. extra cool palaces he has to build in Persepolis.
0: Some unfinished business over there.
1: Yes, we need to show these Greeks that they won't last for long.
0: Barely. nobody shall remember Athens.
1: Never, never. Okay, so I think that's it. Thank you for staying with us all this time. It's been yeah, it's been a long one, a ride. <laughs> But uh, yeah, thank you for being with us. We hope you enjoyed everything. Hope we kept it entertaining. Yeah, so if you want to find us, find us on our socials as Ranking Persia on Twitter and Facebook. Leave us a review if you think this has been nice and you've enjoyed it. Yeah, Please it would do. be it's fun nice. to read it them. Helps. Yes, we'd love to read any reviews you'd be able to send us, so have fun there. <laughs> and yeah, so I think that's all that we have from our side.
0: We'll see you next week. see you next week with Xerxes hooray okay until then take care everybody be nice
1: goodbye goodbye